On today's episode of the Last Wire podcast, we're joined with Kilo Echo Zero Zulu Oscar Whiskey. Thank you for joining us, John. Hi. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with ham radio and what inspired you to get your license? Um, I actually got involved because uh, it's something I've been interested in for a long time. I had um, done a lot of CB work when I was younger, um, back in the the 1980s, and um, just kind of always had a little bit of an interest in it and uh, got more interested in it um, of late when I learned that um, the the licenses were available without any code test and the local uh, club in our area was offering a technician class with a test the same day. And I thought, you know, it sounds easy. It sounds fun. I, I think I'll just give it a try. And um, they uh, got us prepared. They gave us a book to study ahead of time. Um, they walked us through the class, even provided us with some uh, inexpensive Baofeng radios to make sure that when we walked out the door, we were we were with radios that were programmed and had a basic understanding of how to use them. Uh, so that was a great experience, and and that kind of got me interested in learning more about ham radio. Um, buying a, a little bit nicer radio, uh, building my first antenna, and uh, all this in, in really the last nine months. Now, you found yourself in a very interesting predicament, uh, a severe we- weather event that happened in your community that brought down power, brought down communications. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that event? Sure. Uh, on August 10th of this year, we experienced a uh, a severe weather event called a derecho, uh, a term I had not heard of before that event, uh, but all it is is a very powerful storm involving straight-line winds. And and this system uh, hit us about mid-afternoon. Uh, I happened to be home at the time, uh, working from home uh, because of the COVID-19 situation, and um, the the amount of damage was was really remarkable. We had uh, greater than 100 mile an hour straight line winds, uh, roofs blown off, trees blown down, and um, almost immediately we started losing our communication paths. Uh, our cell phone coverage, which is not normally the greatest where I live, uh, immediately went. Uh, significantly worse to the point where I had no uh, signal whatsoever at my home. Uh, Within a few hours, we had lost also our landline phone and uh, were basically without any form of communication whatsoever except for two-way radio. I went around to my neighbors, knowing that nobody else was going to have two-way communications either, made sure that there was nobody injured, nobody that needed immediate assistance, and uh, and then went back to work starting to move trees and things so that uh, transportation would be possible. Um, without uh, internet, without landline phone, uh, we turned to uh, AM radio broadcast and our ham radio listening to the local uh, Aries net and and traffic on the repeater to understand what was happening and to uh, to see if there was assistance needed. 
Um, because of where we were quite far out of uh, the immediate vicinity of, of the major metropolitan area, um, I did not get called on to provide any assistance, but it was really nice to know that if we needed assistance or one of our neighbors needed assistance, that we knew how to get it and then there was a, a lifeline there available for us. Now, an event like this, were you, were you surprised by it? Was there weather warnings? Uh, was it like a tornado that just dropped down and all of a sudden you have this significant event or was there buildup leading up to the day? There was a little bit of buildup. Uh, in fact, we, we had warnings earlier in the day to expect uh, severe weather and to expect high winds. Um, in fact, the uh, the local weather service did issue uh warnings that were equivalent to a tornado warning uh, just before the event. And we had, oh, I would say, maybe a half an hour's notice that it was going to get really, really bad. Now, from an infrastructure perspective, what was the the information being tr- transferred? Was it via the repeaters? Was it via uh, a weather network? How were you getting information at that point before the disaster happened? Uh, before the disaster, we were listening to uh, National Weather Service radio and a, uh, watching the information on the National Weather Service website. Um, as the uh, event started unfolding, we turned to the Aries net on the, the local repeater uh, for a while, unfortunately, the uh, the repeater was offline for uh, a short while during the event, and then we went over to uh, simplex frequencies to to try to get more information about what was happening. Now, were you successful using just a, a Bofang radio, or did you have a different type of uh, communication network? Uh, I was using for that event. I was using primarily uh, a Baofeng. Um, uh, one of the eight watt handheld uh, units uh, with a quarter wavelength ground plane antenna that I have mounted in the attic. Um, that was more than adequate uh, to keep up with the simplex. The um, little Nagoya 771 antenna was was fine when the repeater was operating, but when we were on simplex, I had to have a little bit more antenna to uh, to be able to hear traffic. Now, at this point in time, are you part of a club uh, that deals with the, these emergency events? Where Was there a network of hams that you're able to connect with, or was it purely just a, a serendipitous that you're able to connect to these other hams in your community? Uh, there is a, a network. The uh, The local Lynn County Emergency Management uh, Network is a, a chapter of the um, ARRL ARIES network, uh, all specifically trained individuals who are facilitating communication in the event of things like this, any type of uh, emergency situation. Um, Not the first time this club has been active in providing emergency communications. We've had other natural disasters in the past. Uh, This was just the first time that I got to to listen in on those conversations and and really understand how they worked. Uh, Being a new ham, I haven't gotten that involved in the ARIES network yet, uh, but I hope to, as I get more emergency management training, uh, be able to help serve our community that way. When I look at the technology, uh, a simple Bofang, it's a great piece of hardware. A lot of people, you know, make uh, make fun of it or or criticize it, but it's one of those devices that uh, I know I have four or five of them. Uh, my kids have them. We set them up with with simple uh, chat group, chat groups, and 
and the ability to program it, it's a really great piece of technology and it's great for any go kit. I when I look at this disastrous situation where you have the severe weather, it it's almost uh I think everyone should have one in their kit. And even if you're not a ham, the ability to have one that so you can listen to what's going on, so you have those communication links are it's important. And not only that, um, to be able to have a few inexpensive radios lying around that um, you can provide to other individuals who might need emergency comms in a situation like this, Um, you know, it's really difficult to take a a big base station antenna um, with you out to to the field when you're looking for people who might need help. But one of these little baofangs, you know, throw two or three of them in the car and and you can create a a network of emergency communications uh, very quickly, very inexpensively. I think they're also great for getting new people interested in amateur radio. Uh, You know, the cost of entry is so low that people aren't afraid of spending a bunch of money and then figuring out they don't like it. Um, they're not afraid of, you know, hey, I'm going to make this huge investment and, and then it's just not going to work out for me. Most people who buy the Balfangs get hooked, so I think that they're, I think they're just great. I think you hit on a key point there, that when you look at the the entry point, the cost of entry point, and a Balfang is, is so low, it makes it easy and accessible and it's not a burden. And even that point of sharing that technology, no one really wants to hand over their walkie-talkie, a Yezu brand new uh, with with a Fusion radio connected to their neighbor and say, here, you take this, and if you need anything, you call me if there's an emergency. But a Belfang, you're looking at less than 25 bucks. Here you go. If you break it, no big deal. And as an emergency organization, as a community, it's a great investment. Oh, I agree. Yeah. What did you learn? You said you're a new ham. From this experience, uh, what did you learn? What What's in your go kit now that may not have been in your go kit beforehand? Uh, what things have you done to prepare for these events? Uh, one of the first things I I learned was that um, while my my home base station antenna works great on simplex, uh, that little Nagoya seven seven one on the handheld is not really good enough where we live. Uh, for simplex usage. So uh, one of the first things on my list was a, a better antenna for the vehicle, something that it was a little bit better than in a rubber ducky or, or just a standard mag mount so that I could actually get to uh, some other hams when I'm operating on simplex. I think that's a valid lesson. And the ability to use simplex, a lot of people don't even try it. And I think that's something we should all be testing and, and exercising. And I know the uh, the National Association has contests where you're, if you get 100 contacts on Simplex, you get a certificate. So there's a great opportunity for people to use those bands and to use those uh, frequencies and not go through the repeaters, which on two meters, most of us, that's where we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm very fortunate that there is an active uh, simplex net in this area that I participate in regularly. And, and I have learned a lot uh, from the other hams in the area about how to make contacts, how to how to really make my signal reach further, uh, both with my home base station and, and with the handhelds. Your, your neighbors, when uh, this event was happening, you have a situation where you're the only one that is getting information. 
did that inspire anyone in your community? Did that make give them comfort that you're able to reach out and get information when needed? Uh, I think, well, I hope so, at least. Um, I, I know at the time of the event, everybody was, was really concerned about um, securing their property, making sure their families were safe. Uh, I think a lot of people maybe had a little bit too much faith in in the landlines and and the cellular networks and and we're a little surprised when we had an extended outage uh, of our cellular network and of our landlines we we lost our landline communications for several days uh, as a result of this event and, and i'm hoping that uh people seeing the the ham community active and there to help out uh will inspire people um to help in that respect, I actually started um, offering information to my coworkers and, and saying, "Hey, look, you know, this is this is information that you guys might like to have. You know, we have these severe weather events, and communications may be a little more vulnerable than you realize. So, these are your options. This is what ham radio is. This is what CB radio is, and this is what you can do with them. And and hopefully, we're inspiring people to um, to look into those things and at least." you know, find out more about the ham community so that even if they decide not to become hams themselves, they know where to go to get help if they need it. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice, and I agree 100%. When I look at the ability to communicate during any event, and even when you think of uh, New York with the power outage and other regions, we had relied so much on our cellular network and that one backbone of, of communication that when it's gone, we really don't know what to do. And I think ham provides that alternative to multiple bands, multiple frequencies, and multiple modes. So it gives us that opportunity to really reach people that uh, uh, we didn't expect to be able to reach, uh, at least from a layperson's perspective. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, John, I really appreciate you taking the time to share this event. I, I learned a lot. I had never heard of this severe weather event before, a straight line of wind that was significant and comparable to a tornado or a hurricane. It, uh, it sounds pretty, pretty terrifying. Well, I'm happy to, uh, to share my experiences, and, and hopefully your listeners will, will find it beneficial. Thank you. You have yourself a great day. You too.